Hello, friends. You're now listening to the lifestyle, leisure, and sports show. You never knew was two of those things. I think we can all acknowledge that if this fails, you two will be fired and I will remain. <laughs> so, no pressure. Bo Bishop, a regional media icon. Winner of Emmys. Purveyor of the good life. Sir, you don't know that for a fact. I just said I'm it on the radio. You. Also, two guys this company named Employee of the Month. What are you talking about? Paul Hogan is Hulk Hogan's brother. Uh-huh. Look sure it up. Because it's Hulk sure Hogan. Is. That's his real name. One guy is from Australia. The other one is from Tampa. And he's from Hollywood, brother. <laughs> Not brothers. Chops. Yes, they are. This is Bishop and Friends. Oh, let's do it live on a holiday Monday edition. We're here for the next two because we've got Buckeye basketball at noon between Ohio State and Michigan. Pre-game show starting at 11. So you got me and the boys for the next two doing it live here. Um, I had basketball 45 minutes away at 8 o'clock in the morning yesterday. And so we played at 8, we played at 9 and then uh, for, uh, for Beamsy. And then NBC played at, uh, was it noon and 2? So he played at noon. It was, it was hoops most of the day. Um, but I'm not here to talk about the youth sports. I'm here to talk about uh, my drive to the 8 o'clock game. So departing at 7 o'clock in the morning, it's still dark. So that's a – it's similar to like what time I – actually sleeping in a little bit for what I do here uh, every day uh, during the week. But um, getting Beamsy up. So I get him up like 6.20, um, and he is so startled. Like the first thing he says, is it midnight? I don't know why, but no, it is not midnight. It's in fact 6.20 in the morning because it's so dark. I said, yeah, I know. This is what it looks like at this time of day. This is how it goes. So we get in the car, and – as we all know, we went from, you know, kind of a 30s and 40s in rain to the deep freeze. <clears throat> and one of the things that occurred, there was a, you know, there was a little bit of dusting of snow that happened as well um, as, as you're kind of leading into that. So as we departed at seven o'clock in the morning, um, it, it was very clear that the Ohio Department of, uh, that the ODOT folks had gone out, they gotten some salt on the roads. They were, they were going to be pretty aggressive with the just salt. Just a little bit. A little bit of salt. A uh, little bit of salt. I mean, it was just a touch. And so, uh, it was hard to differentiate between like the road and actually the dusting of snow because it was, there was so much salt on the road. And the other thing that happens with that is you're starting to get, then you, what happens is you get a little bit of a, of a car goes around you or you go around a car and then you get the white film that then starts to cover and coat your car. And when you are about eight miles into uh, a 45 minute drive and you hit the button for washer fluid and you get like a like one spritz oh no you're cooked so i in this instance thank god for tesla i could not see i, I truly i mean it was it was to the point it was so salted over and to the point and then it was so cold that i i mean i i couldn't put water on it like from like his water bottle for fear that it would crack everything because it, yeah. it was four degrees. Like, I don't think it would have done that because it wasn't hot water. It was tap water, so it wasn't too bad. But I was fearful of doing that for fear of that. And the, the Tesla autopilot is pretty damn good. So it keeps you between the navigational lines. It keeps you between the middle and the side, and it will not vary. And it will not you like it will not allow you to go the way I have it set up. It won't let you go over five miles over the limit. So you just kind of keep it there. The I there was no place to stop. I'm on a freeway. There there was no place to stop and get the stuff. And we were on a on a crunch, right? Because we tip at eight o'clock, so I didn't have time really to do it. And it was so helpless because there's nothing you could do. 
You, you really can't do it. There's nothing. There's, there was nothing in the car that I could put on it to get it done. We did get there and it was brutal. And then there were a few things more satisfying than then emptying like a jug of washer fluid into the thing because it was completely bone dry empty. And I'm guessing that experience was had throughout central Ohio yesterday or something similar because it's not something you ever need until you need it. You could have done a, uh, a spit shine with it. Just brought the boys out there and said, all right, just, just hawk your biggest Lukey on the, the windshield. And but that sometimes makes it worse, right? Because it, it just spreads the salt. I've never seen so much salt. Well, My rims that, are black and they are white. As you get it wet with anything that's like normal water or even saliva, that's just going to freeze on mm. top of the windshield too. And you've got a whole issue there. Did you contemplate doing the what would invariably look stupid to people but pulling your tesla up to a gas station and trying to get the the little brush they have but sometimes when it's this cold even that it's frozen it can be frozen too well and it was still dark so i think very likely it was i don't know that anyone at three in the morning was going out to do the washer on the brush yeah and and doing that you know so very likely it, it probably was frozen um so that was my my first experience with frigid cold but i'll tell you the sun was out yesterday Looks like we could have some of that today. I'm I'm pro sun. So I'll take 8 degrees, 10 degrees, 12 degrees, and sun over 38 and rain. I'll take this all the time. I am totally with you on that. I, I enjoy this weather way more than what we've been getting the last three weeks or so. And there's been a few sunny days in there. But for the most part, it's been gray, rainy, and it's just been wet all day. So, like, okay, it's 8 degrees outside. But it's actually still easier to go outside even with the wind and everything yeah. And it was when it was just raining the entire time and it was just spitting in your face. So I was actually excited about this. It didn't really need it, but um, there was enough snow that I was like, ah, I'm going to go shovel the walkway so that doesn't ice over or anything. And I did that yeah. yesterday and I really enjoyed that because the sun was out and I get a lot more out of that than I do from it being 20, 30 degrees warmer. I don't know uh, if this happens to either of you, but there's a member of my household that had ancestors that would survive in conditions much, <laughs> much worse than this. Would thrive. And would honestly thrive and hunt. Yeah and uh, really just live their best lives and I- i've got a little one that when uh, the wind blows slightly and it's six <laughs> degrees outside he tries to sit down in uh, resistance to a walk but doesn't actually like complete the process like his yeah. ass doesn't hit the ground because it's That's so right. cold and then he looks to me and then looks in the direction of my household and i'm like you are a dog sir you, you should have, be surviving and thriving in this you can't stand it we have we have failed an entire breed with the way that we baby them. We failed them because they were hunters and they were fierce. And now they're just soft. They're soft. Like Buddy Garrity this morning, even I, he's, I'm like, dude, I'm, you got to go do this on your own today. Right? <laughs> like, I don't want to be out there. I don't want to do this. You got to handle it, buddy. You got to handle your own business. And he, he is finally, he's up for long, been able to like go out and go potty. Like that's easy. But now, uh, on Friday, I did a, hey, go out there and go poop. And he did it. And I'm like, okay. Now we're on to something. This is fantastic. This is good. Yeah, this is a, this is a positive. Um, it's been a while. We obviously, we, we did the show Friday, but a lot has happened. A hell of a lot has happened since then. Um, I, I didn't have this. They're all staying. They're not going anywhere. They're not going to need the National Guard to get them out of there because they're all going back. Show goes on, baby. Woody Hayes, they're running it back. Look, I thought some of these guys would. I did not think JT Tuamolo would come back. I did not think Trevion Henderson would come back. You basically, it's everybody but Marv. They're all coming back. I mean, no one saw it coming. I mean, Mike Hall too, but he, there's young family in that one. But I mean, in terms of the guys that you were like, boy, borderline, I don't know. They all came back. It, 
it's an incredible job out of the people up there at the Woody. It's an incredible job out of the people with the three collectives that, that worked very hard to make this happen. And, and if you, you can't ignore that part of it. Okay. You can't. That's a huge part of it to be able to, to make it financially worthwhile for these guys to come back. Sure. It's about love and brotherhood and all of that, but it sure helps if there's a little bit of cash on the other end of it. And now you can do it. So, um, this is a tremendous, this was a tremendous week. Uh, that started in the darkest of days watching your rival win a national championship and ends with, when you look at this Buckeye roster now, I think it's the most complete roster in college football going into next season. I really do. I, Georgia will probably be number one. You, you might be three just because of the way that you finished with the losses to Michigan and obviously the loss in the Cotton Bowl that you might be three. But in terms of lack of questions, there, re- there really aren't any. There, there's nothing there. If Will Howard is as good as, as they think he is and if he is, Honestly, just a minimal upgrade over Kyle McCord. Just a minimal upgrade over McCord. That's a national champion. Um, it's a team that can go toe-to-toe with anybody. The depth's incredible. The amount of talent's incredible. I mean, the two-headed running back monster, it's nuts what they've done. Um, it's funny, too. Like I've said a lot of people, like I, I tweeted something on Friday about just the overwhelming amount of talent that, that came back. And, you know, people are salty now, and I get it. Um, and someone was like, well, they didn't do anything on the offensive line. I said, well, actually, they got Alabama's center. So they got him, too. So, like, and they might not be done up there. So we're, we're still not all the way done on the coaching staff side of things. But as bad as it was on Monday, everything that followed was so much better than I think anybody out here thought could was possible. And at Ohio State, with the way that they recruit, it's a pretty big boon to actually hold on to an extra recruiting class. And that's essentially what they've done here is this 2021 class said, we're not done. We haven't done enough here. We want something to hang up in the woody that we can come back to. And so they've come together. And it was those final three that announced late last week, uh, yeah. JT Tuimoloau and um, Travion Henderson both on Friday, but those three when right before we got the Emeka news, like literally right before, because Risa read it off to us live. Yep. I was thinking, man, if we could just get one of those three guys, sure. and they get all three of them. And so you're right. It's, it's basically Marv at, from that class. And then the only other two that like you're really going to notice gone, it feels like are the, the two linebackers who had eligibility aren't part of this class. They're a little bit older. So they've been yeah. around for a while, but Steel Chambers and Tommy Eichenberg are gone. But other than that, it, yeah, it feels like you're ready to, to run this team back. And then you look at the team that just won the national championship in Michigan. They had 44 seniors on that squad. Oh, it makes a yeah. difference when these guys sure. are older and they're ready to play and they know what it takes. To get through this stuff, it's not just about how good these players are. It's about that experience that they can now bring back to this squad. And, oh, they've also been recruiting still at that level in the years since. I'm also interested um, to see just who, if anybody, because there are several coaching changes that happened in the last week. They get 30 days to pop in and out of the portal. So Ohio State's not done. It's great. Do a little shopping, right? You have the weekend. You have a couple of weeks. You've well, got I coaching. Think, you have no idea what's going to happen with a lot of the roster at Alabama. I think Jalen Milrow made his thoughts very clear before he we went to the team meeting that he wasn't going to be going anywhere. But there are other players that Bama has. Uh, a corner comes to mind that could make for an interesting addition here. There's a safety. Safety. I mean, well. but there's everybody at Bama. So yeah, Bama is being freely recruited right now. Washington's uh, Washington's also being open freely in that recruited sense. right yeah. now, and there's some some kids that. That I'm sure you'd have an interest in there. Now, the only issue is you got to make it all work numbers wise too. Like you, you do have to be, you have to be at 85 and, or if you're not at 85, then you got to be able to NIL the rest of it. So they, those are those walk guns yeah. guys to make it work, um, from a financial standpoint. But yeah, this is, 
I don't know that anybody thought about this in terms of, well, no one thought about any of this, about the timing of all of this. But when you, like, if Harbaugh ta- Harbaugh's interviewing today for the uh, Chargers job, mm. if he takes that, then the Michigan roster can be rated for 30 days. Whoever replaces him at Michigan, that roster can be rated for 30 days. And this is going to happen and happen and happen. So... It's a chain it's, reaction. It's pure chaos. Yeah. yeah, it's pure chaos. And it's it's gonna go, I mean, thirty days, you're middle of February. You're gonna have a new a new portal open. So there there isn't a lot of thought to the way that this is going out and 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 kind of just especially if they're still trying to act like college has anything to do with it. They're still acting like school has anything to do with it. Like, come on. It, this is I absolute heard, nonsense. I heard a Will Howard interview and he was, you know, we knew about him a couple of weeks ago. He was on the podcast and he said he moved in Wednesday, but like still wasn't even fully situated in classes yet. So that's like, a great gift for Austin and the guys. Yeah. yeah well, Austin will be interview. on with us at, at 1030 and, and can glean some light on that. I encourage you to go listen to it. It's, uh, that's a great get to be able to get Will. It's the first time he's talked since he's been here and it will be, man, it's on him. It's, it's on him. And he can, he's been, he's a pro, right? He's 23 years old, 22, 23 years old, ready to go. So, um, it's, uh, it's going to be a lot of fun and it's going to be this, this week makes this off season a lot more fun. It makes the start of next season a lot more fun because you're not just running it back. You've improved upon a roster that was pretty damn good anyway. Um, it's, it's a remarkable job for everybody involved. It was a, it was a largely gross weekend in the NFL and not just because of some of the results, but because of the quality of play. Until last night, lots to get to on that one. What happened in, uh, down in, in Houston? CJ Stroud put on a show and humbled the Browns in about the biggest way possible. Shelly time 1020. Austin coming up at, uh, at 1033. Thing or not a thing moves up an hour. Everything moves up. Just a two hour compressed show. We're off and running. Bishop and friends right here on the fan. Wake up with the fan. Eat lunch with the fan. Go to bed with the fan. Dream about the fan. Then change your sheets. Gross. Ew, you guys are gross, but stick around in case I don't find anyone else. The fan. Tom to Barry for a decade. The broadcast gods gave Bo these two. This is Bishop and Friends. Yeah, we're sponsored by Awaken 180 Weight Loss Fast, sustainable weight loss without medication. Solution for weight loss, Awaken 180 Weight Loss. Um, the, the ball was largely bad. Um, some of this stuff was stunning in terms of the way that it went out. Um, I was... I left the weekend very happy because of what happened last night between uh, the Rams and the Lions. Um, happy for CJ as well, despite my uh, my Browns allegiances and the way that that went, because the kid was a supernova, and we'll get to him in a second. Um, but to have a game in a dome where the elements were not going to play a part after watching the elements play a part in the game in Kansas City on, on Saturday night, uh, in what's going to happen this afternoon with Pittsburgh and Buffalo. Um, and, and you're going to have just brutal conditions to have just a game that was played in climate control where both teams were great. Stafford was an absolute warrior, just a warrior in this game. Total stud. Both teams played well. Some crazy officiating kind of going both ways on this thing. Nakua was great. Goff gets, he gets it. Like you're happy for the kid. You're happy for everybody in Detroit. You think about, the way that they built that thing and the the idea that that was a trade that was made. McVay made a trade for Stafford to win right now, and they did. Detroit made the trade to win in the future, and the future was yesterday, and they won. And from Dan Campbell, and people gave him hell for taking a running back and an off-ball linebacker, and look, they're contributors. Everything that, that they've done, some of it was mocked, you know, I want to, we're going to have guys eat the ankles off of people and everything else. Like 
but it's all working. Like football guy gets a win. And the crazy thing is he's football guy, but he's also analytic guy because he goes for fourth down more than anybody in the, in the sport. So it's kind of a combination of both. And you think about how starved Detroit has been for this type of success. It's been 32 years since a playoff game win and to win at home. And now they get another one. To me, that was like a band aid over what was an otherwise brutal in terms of the quality of games. No matter what your allegiance was, the games were just trash until the game last night. And that was kind of a warm blanket over the weekend for me because that was a fun one to watch last night. Yeah, the previous three games were all kind of done by the third quarter, if yeah. if not even earlier than that. So you get one that actually comes down to the wire. The Rams just couldn't punch it into the end zone, got held to those field goals too many times, and they end up with the with the one-point loss. But they do cover, so I got that pick right. But Jared Goff and Dan Campbell especially, we were, we joked – going into the season that like, oh, if he could combine some of Stefanski's guys with his like football guy-ness that maybe this would work out and it would be it would be the perfect team. And you, you mentioned how he is somebody who rolls the dice and goes for it on those fourth downs. And unlike Staley, he actually gets a lot of them. So yeah. <laughs> we're impressed with it. And the numbers do work out. And it's been a, a really good get for Detroit to keep drives going on with that. Um, it would it would have been storybook for Stafford to come back, but it's also storybook the other it's way. Storybook both this. ways, I yes. think. Don't you think? Like, it, he was great. He was so gutsy. He was everything he was as a Lions quarterback. Like, bloodied hand. The hit he took... When he, when he got hit low and high, I cannot understand how that wasn't roughing. I mean, he was hit directly in the head with a helmet and then hit at the ribs like this way and somehow not roughing. He still plays. I, to me, it checked every box. It was everything you wanted that thing to be. Is this now proof that taking Penny Sewell was the right choice? <laughs> it was for them. Yes. <laughs> it was for them. Yeah, right. For the like it's, yeah, it worked for them. He's an all pro, right? Has no bearing on what the Bengals did with Jamar Chase, but. We can Both still win. we can still have fun with it, right? Yeah. Like this is also for like just what like this Detroit Lions roster kind of proof that you know being I'm not I don't know petty's the right word, but a lot of these guys with just chips with boulders yeah. on their shoulders, like guys mm-hmm. that weren't necessarily cast aside. I mean, Jared Goff was oh, yeah. was sent away because they yeah. didn't believe in him. You know, as a franchise, Stafford wins the Super Bowl with Los Angeles. They've got guys like Amon Ross St. Brown that, you know, weren't really thought of as number one wide receivers. David Montgomery, similarly, like not number yep. one guys. And it's kind of like a bleep you. We're going to do it our way. And Chops, to your point, you mix ultimate football guy and ultimate football guys. You remember watching them in hard knocks. Like they had a lot of just football mm-hmm. dudes on that team. But analytically, you know, guys like their offensive coordinator, but Ben Montgomery, really? I mean, just like guys that can mesh all of that together and be a really fun story. They're America's team now. Yes. They're the easiest route that you're going to have the rest of the postseason. It's going to be the easiest thing to root for ever. Uh, the Kansas City game was brutal. I had to, I, I, I'm, I couldn't like NBC like thumping their chest about and getting people to sign up for something as if it was, Hey, wait, be part of the magic. Okay. Yeah. I got to pay for it. Right. So thank you for making me pay for something that I otherwise wouldn't. That's great. 23 million people watched the game was garbage. Um, I think the big headline for the weekend, and we'll, we'll get to the one locally here in a second that involves CJ and the Browns, but, um, the big headline from the weekend is the two, kind of like glamour regular season teams um, in Miami and then a little bit in Dallas just falling as flat as can be. I mean, Miami had no chance in Kansas City, but that was nothing compared to what happened with Dallas yesterday afternoon. 
Well, they're de- bludgeoning. Their they defense bludgeoning. only gave up like 18 and a half points a game. And there was a pick six in there. But even if you take that off, they gave up 41 in this one. I mean, for a playoff game for a team, the road team to get to a point where they put in their backup quarterback to just play out the string. That's really embarrassing. Something that also stuck out to me, really all four games that they we've seen so far this seed. weekend. The Packers yeah. were the last team in. And they took care of the, the Cowboys just fine. But did you notice watching the games that I don't know if this was a function of defense? It may be some in the in the KC Dolphins game. Maybe it was weather, but no teams really seem to have like sustained drives. It would be like if they were getting downfield, it would all be predicated on multiple 20 yard plays instead of like eight, yeah, five yard plays. It was a huge weekend of chunk plays, which made for an exciting watch, but I'm not sure what defensively or schematically just had all these wide receivers running open. A few of them were just, they would break tackles and make it go. But there were other ones, the final touchdown from love in the Packers Cowboys game guy was just wide open. There's he was just there. standing there on the sideline. No, um, Never, never lose, lose, uh, lose the fact that Jerry Jones, the owner of the Dallas Cowboys, who's also the general manager, has a press conference after every game. He did it yesterday too. Like, think about that. The owner has a presser after every game. He was despondent after the game. I mean, clearly, <clears throat> we talked about this. We've been talking about this for over a month. Uh, clearly, this is the spot for Belichick. Is Dallas? It's yeah. obvious. I mean, everybody made the joke. Uh, there's no way you can. Mike McCarthy cannot come back. There's no chance. Um, the question would be: Is that the way that Jerry wants to go? My hunch is he does. He did it before with Parcells, and my hunch is he would want to do it with Belichick as well. I think he'd get a kick out of hiring Belichick in Dallas. Um, but it, that seems like a no-brainer. Like that'll happen by Wednesday, right? I mean, I don't know what the heck. Why would Mike McCarthy still be employed by Dallas after that showing yesterday? It, it makes no damn sense. So I, my hunch is Belichick will be there relatively soon. That seems like the no-brainer hire. Um, but by the way, a little bit of credit for Peter LaFleur. I mean, it's more than just average Joe's dodgeball for that dude. Resurrects Rodgers, who was struggling towards the end with McCarthy. They drafted Love. He sat forever, and he was a straight dealing dude yesterday. Absolute dealing. Um, that dude can coach ball. That dude can call plays. That was a circus, uh, what, what he put on on Dallas. It was an absolute – it was so comprehensive. And he, all he does is win. That's all LaFleur does is win. It's pretty crazy, too, in Jordan Love's first year of starting. There were some of those growing pains. There were some up-and-down moments. But when he is up, he's one of the better quarterbacks in the league, it looks like. He plays really well. So you can get where they got to that point where they were like, no, we are comfortable going forward with this guy. There might be a few growing pains, but here they are. They find a way to sneak in to the playoffs, something they weren't able to do last year with Aaron Rodgers, just had to win the last game, and they would have been in. They do it this year. And they get in, and they're really impressive. Also, 28th season since the Cowboys were last in the Super Bowl. You know, if you do the math, it is that, but that just seems crazy for who the Cowboys are. If you're Bill Belichick, and you're, or I guess your new, tech, or your new Cowboys head coach, Bill Belichick, are you asking Jera for co-GM title? Because Jerry's not going to relinquish anything in hiring you. And then what do you do with Dak? I don't think it's a Dak issue. I think he's okay. I um, are they paying for okay? No, but what it's the whole thing of like, what are your options? Like, what? Well, how can you do better? Who's Bring out Bailey there Zappi with him? Bring Bailey Zappi yeah. along. Yeah. No, I think the Dallas roster to me fits. The key there, if it is Bill, it's will stacked. be stacked. It it will be the quarterback. It'll be the offensive 
hire, the coordinator hire, will be key. And will he, like, it's set up for McDaniels. He's unemployed, too. So they could bring them both in and and kind of be ready to go. Um, we put it off long enough, Reese. We're going to have to commiserate uh, nah. from the Browns side of this. Um, C.J. Stroud carved them up. And you can talk about pick sixes. You can talk about pass interference nonsense. None of it would have mattered. He had the answers to the test. We'll get to it coming up next. Bishop and Friends right here on The Fan. Bobby Carpenter doesn't have a mullet, but he's knee-deep in mullet energy. Morning Juice with Bobby and Beamer. Weekdays starting at 6. The Fan. Us. What's up? What's up, man? What's up with you? All right, here's what's up on a Monday edition. CJ Stroud is up. Uh, it was unbelievable the way that he played. He's been he's had a rookie season for the ages. Um, and it, in watching it, I, I thought back, and I was perhaps gun-shy. I think a lot of us were around here just because I, I was so chesty about how I good how good I thought Justin Fields would be right away. Now, acknowledging that as soon as Fields gets drafted by Chicago, you go, well, you're going to have to temper expectations because nobody has success there. If Fields were drafted by San Francisco, would, would he have potentially, would it look like this? I, I don't know. Um, as In retrospect, CJ went to the perfect spot, but he also made that spot perfect by his play. Um, I'm going to be honest with you. I, I don't think anything would have mattered. Um, I don't think the two pick sixes were going to make a damn bit of difference. I don't think that you could have called it different offensively. Flacco played pretty damn close to perfect in the first half. Um, and the reality was, is CJ Stroud had the answers to the test. And Jim Schwartz's defense, which was electric all season, especially at home, um, it was carved up. And it was chunk play after chunk play. It was guy running free, guy running free, guy running free. Um, it was such dominant play out of Stroud and the Texans offense. And the funny thing is, is leading into the game, we talked so much about the things that CJ struggled with was man coverage and against pressure. Um, he got the ball out of his hands ultra quick. Um, and even times when he had to step up, he did and was able to throw off platform and jumping in running. the air. It's crazy running in stride. Like he was, Unbelievable. I, you know, you redraft the NFL. Maybe Mahomes goes before him, but he's in the top three, I think for sure. If you redraft the NFL right now, it's crazy how good he is, how quickly. Um, but I don't think it, I don't think there was anything that, that the Browns could have done. I just think Reese and, and you're the, you're the resident Browns fan of us. I think that this was just an, a situation where the Texans completely outclassed the Browns. I don't think there was anything that could have changed the result. Yeah. I, I don't, I don't think so. Like it would just, to me, you know, was a could they make CJ Stroud look like a rookie? And so few times in this season had he, and he didn't at all. I mean, I think his his passer rating was perfect on Saturday, and it would have been yeah. worse, I think, for the Browns had Flacco not thrown two pick sixes because that's just more opportunity for CJ Stroud to pad those numbers. Like this was where at any time when you know if if the if the Texans got past the line of scrimmage, they were likely scoring. Or they were likely getting 20, 30 yards down the field. There were missed tackles. There were blown assignments. There were, again, guys just running too far, too free, too often. And, uh, you know, I, I think there was, uh, there, there were questions in the earlier this week, like, why isn't Jim Schwartz getting any looks? And it's like, well, not to poo on what he's done in the regular season, because the Browns had one of the best defenses in the league. Sure. But that no show in the playoffs is going to overshadow all of it. Because it was a collective no-show from that unit. Yeah, for, he'll be back. <laughs> not going anywhere. For, He's going to be back. For yeah. a rookie quarterback, though, to do that again. I mean, it's a 17-game season. The Browns had all those numbers. Their defense was real. And for C.J. Stroud to go out there and know what to do 
to carve them up. That's why, yeah, the two pick sixes expedited things and really put the nail in the coffin earlier than it probably would have been. But I don't think it was a, a situation where Houston wasn't going to get to 38 points and eventually 45 with another offensive I touchdown. Agree. They they looked like when they had the ball, they were going to be able to score if they needed to, and they were up 10 at this point. So if the Browns get a, get a touchdown on that first drive instead of throwing a pick six, okay, they're within three, but it just feels like once Houston got the ball that – they were going to score when they needed to, and they just... When they wanted up, to. Yeah, they ended up not having to do all that on offense because bang, bang, back-to-back, back, two pick sixes, and then the game's over. Yeah, I th- I think it's... So th- from, a, from a Browns perspective here, and this is going to be fun watching CJ continue uh, where this goes, and you want to talk about how quickly things can change on a positive. You, you put... Everybody thought when they made the deal to get Anderson and gave up the pick that the Houston Texans would be giving Arizona picks one and two. Like that was the thought that Arizona's going to pick first and second. A lot of people said that. And instead, that pick that they're going to give Arizona is actually worse than the pick the Texans are going to get from the Browns. That's what it is. That's going to be the result of that pick because they hit on CJ, because they hit on Will Anderson, they hit on their coaching hires, and, and they have a bright, bright future. From the Browns' perspective, it can be both that that was a magical, fun, remarkable, awesome season that overcame odds the likes of which you've never seen in the NFL. Five quarterbacks starting. You lose the best running back in football. You lose an all-pro right tackle. You had 18 guys on IR. Um, the roster, I mean, I, I said this on the first Browns touchdown. I tweeted this. Just how we all had it. Flacco handing to Kareem Hunt for the first Browns postseason touchdown. Like There was zero chance that either one of those guys were going to be on the roster in August, let alone playing key roles on a team that won 11 games that got to the postseason. So it can be both that all of that was remarkable and awesome and it was a successful season that was far out over their skis, and that sucked Saturday. And you needed the... It's con- both. You needed it in conjunction with the defense playing so well because... This is what we've seen from Flacco is that he can put up really big yardage numbers and can have the NFL arm to make those big throws downfield. But once a game, and in this one, unfortunately, it was twice, he makes a mistake that's going to be pretty detrimental. But the defense had been so good down the stretch as well. When you lost that factor in it, the Browns just didn't have enough to do this. And then Flacco and the rest of the team turned back into a pumpkin clock strikes midnight. Well, they didn't have anybody to throw to either. I mean, Amari was, That's was another running thing. around crippled. Stillman didn't play. They traded Donovan Peoples-Jones midseason. Like, there was nobody. He's throwing a David Bell. I mean, there was nobody to throw to. Like, there's not, there's not a whole lot you can do. Um, and they, they needed to be front runners. They needed to be ahead. This couldn't and, be a, couldn't. a, a gun, a, a shootout. Like, no, it, no. I get it. You know, Joe Flacco was what, five and oh in the wild card round. And I think this was his 16th postseason start but we're a long way away from the last time joe flacco had legit weapons around him starting in a playoff game and so i i think the the thing that browns fans going in were resting on was the defense was going to be able to allow flacco to establish and then mm-hmm. to get back into that rhythm i, I saw a couple of people that said you know you shouldn't you should have played him last week against the Bengals. i, I don't know yeah I, like what does that do why would he flacco perfect get- in the first half why would he like get he was rusty? He already sat out half the season anyway. I was, I was. <laughs> just by the way, he say, wasn't like, rusty. He was perfect in the first he half. Came in. He he was locked in. Like I was. I was no. thinking as you get closer to half, and it really it dawned on me that this isn't going to be a case when they. I think what had was it thirty seconds they had, and they just said, "Nah, to hell with it. We'll go to the half." And I was like, it "All was, right, guys." They were playing their fourth and fifth tackles. Yeah. 
Like they lost three tackles for the season. An all pro in Conklin, Will's a first round pick, and Dewan Jones, who would have been an all pro, would have been a pro bowler had he just stayed healthy. They lost all three of them. They couldn't protect on the first pick where he's trying to throw it away. Hudson gets absolutely bum rushed. Like <laughs> it's no chance at all. So like they overcame all of it. It, there was a, I guess the thing that we all, cause I picked him to win and, and I think, I know reason, you guys I think all three of us win. did. Yeah. Yeah. We, what we were banking on was that there would be, that there was a game script where the defense would be able to fluster a rookie quarterback. And the thing that I guess all of us missed and a lot of people missed was that CJ Stroud is not, not a, rookie. a typical rookie quarterback, that he's a stud, that he's elite, that he's, Top five in the league right now. And in, he actually position. ruffled the defense, and they and looked he, like they were they on their heels. They had no heels. chance. Yeah, I, mean, they no ch- I knew second drive. I went, oh no, this ain't it. They don't have it because when I, the amount of times I'm watching Greg Newsom chase run, receivers running past him, Ronnie Hickman got beat bad on a deep over. Um, but that takes a quarterback who can do that. That that one where CJ rolled right and threw it back across the field over Hickman's shoulder. That's that's elite. I did like and, the middle portion of the game where JOK was trying to make literally every single play he was on defense. He played. He, was, he showed up. He, he was there. Yeah. yeah. Everybody else left a yeah. lot to be desired. But from a Browns fans' perspective, and I, again, house. I'm not. I don't like to use the phrase house money on it, but it, yeah. it it felt special to have that opportunity to sit and watch a playoff game with yeah. other Browns fans, knowing everything that had transpired in that season. And yeah, the second half really sucked. But it was an overall great experience to be able to say they at least made something up. Like they painted this turd a couple shades of gold. Yeah, and yes. tomorrow we will get into what's next, and it'll be a and, turd. And here's a here's a little bit of a teaser for tomorrow's show. Beats the hell out of me. I got no clue what it's. They got a lot of things to sort out between now and next season. So we'll get into that a little bit tomorrow. Thing or not a thing coming up next. Bishop and friends right here on the fan. We know everything about you. We know you love the Buckeyes. We know you love the jackets. We know you're wearing a red shirt. I just freaked the hell out of someone. Pull up a stool and ask the bartender for something neat. Because Uncle Bo is on the radio. This is Bishop and Friends. All right, time for a little thing or not a thing on a condensed program. Hit it, boys. Thing or not a thing. Sponsored by Apex Plumbing Pros. First one up today, Michigan quarterback J.J. McCarthy and running back Blake Corum both announced that they are entering the NFL draft on Sunday. McCarthy wrote in a statement shared on social media in part, quote, after three incredible years at the University of Michigan, I've decided to enter the 2024 NFL draft. I have talked to many in and out of football, including my family, Coach Jim Harbaugh, and many whose opinions I greatly admire and respect. The decision was not easy, and how could it be? I love my teammates, I love my coaches, and I love it here in Ann Arbor, end quote. For what it's worth, ESPN analyst Mel Kuyper Jr. ranks McCarthy as the number five quarterback available in the draft. Okay. ESPN's Jordan Reed projected McCarthy to be selected with the number 12 pick of the first Jeez. round in his latest mock draft. Corum, a senior from Marshall, Virginia, is ranked as the number four draft eligible, eligible running back by Kuyper. Thing or not a thing? It's all a huge thing. J.J. McCarthy um, is is going to go... We, I asked John Ubacon this before they won the national championship, and then he went ahead and did it. Um, he's the greatest quarterback to ever play at Michigan. Full stop. That's it. He lost one game. He lost one game. Beat Ohio State twice. Uh, was part of a team that beat Ohio State three times. Won the Big Ten twice. Made the playoff. Won a national championship. He's the most decorated quarterback to ever play there. Um, and the accomplishment is... 
stunning. Um, and the, the idea, that, the other thing about him that's crazy, and we, we've all seen it by now, but like up until he's 16 years old, he, his only thing he wants to do is play at Ohio State. And then they ch- choose not to recruit him. He goes to Michigan and says, now I hate him. He did that when he's like 18 years old. He said all this. And then he did it. Like, you got to tip your hat to the kid. You really do. It's, I mean, it's not a really surprising thing. No. Um, and then you, you know, consider the news of the day, you know, Jim Harbaugh meeting with the Los Angeles Chargers, and it was that weird uh, celebration they had on Saturday night where Ward Manuel telling fans at the Chrysler Center, like, hey, I'm working on a contract for this sure. guy, and everybody else is sitting there goes, yeah, but he doesn't want it. You've been working on a contract for this guy since Great. the beginning of this season. That's- we, I'm sure they would like to have him back, but in reality, it's not going to be the case. Um, but, but a thing to get those guys, you know, obviously they're going to be going. Hopefully, they find success or whatever. You know, I don't know. It just, I don't know what this team's going to look like, Michigan Boy, next year. Brand new, and it's going to be a lot of fun to see how it all either shapes up or falls apart. On Saturday, former Washington State quarterback Cam Ward committed to Miami. Ward entered the transfer portal on December 1st, then declared for the NFL draft, but didn't hire an agent. Either Ward or Albany transfer Reese Poffenbarger are expected to compete for the Hurricanes' starting job. <laughs> oh, yes. Thing or not a thing? So Reese Poffenbarger. This is one of those ones, and you're getting this in thing or not a thing. There's We easily could have filled a three-hour show today just with college football news of the last 72 hours. Would have been very easy to do so. This is another example of it. So it appears that Ward... And he was going to be probably a mid-round pick. It appears that Miami ponied up. And maybe Miami thought they were going to get another quarterback. But when they didn't, their collective had to get in order in a hurry. And now Ward goes there. I like him a lot. I really do. I would have liked him here. I like Will Howard here, too. But I think he would have been an upgrade for what we had the last last year at quarterback here. I think he's a really nice player. We'll see how it all manifests next year at Miami. But I think it's a big thing for Miami that they were able to land him. And they, quite honestly, it was a desperate thing for them because they didn't really have anybody else. What are you talking about? They have Poffenbarger. That's right. The, the, from Albany. Um, no, they had, so hopefully that works out for Miami because I agree with you. I, I like him. I think you know you can accomplish things at Washington State. You're, you're on the right track, and I think you're a really good player. But this goes back. The thing that is this for me is because when he declared for the draft or when Will Howard, and he reiterated it when he was on the podcast with Austin and the guys earlier, that they go in and they think, okay, I'm going to go to the draft. So now it basically is telling quarterbacks that, hey, if you're a mid-round guy and you are leaning, I'm done with my time at this school, enter the portal, just hold draft in your back pocket, use it as a bargaining chip, yep. and it might work out for you. And if not, then you just go to the NFL draft at all. I, if I am anybody who's any sort of agent or in any sort of ear of a, a senior-type quarterback, that is the exact advice I'm giving them from here on out because as the system is built like this, that is a win-win for you. You can either get paid and keep playing college ball, or you just go to the NFL draft anyways. Yeah. Next one, Brandon Marcello with this uh, after Alabama hired Kalen DeBoer. Might also be a win for Alabama softball. Kalen's daughter, Alexa, signed to play for Washington. DeBoer told me two weeks ago he was looking forward to walking 100 yards across from his office to watch her on Husky Softball Diamond. She ranked the number 11 in 2024 class by extra inning softball. Thing or not a thing? That's great. Great for Bama softball. That was a pretty... you know, it's it's interesting. We had when we had Paul on on Friday last week, and he was kind of concerned about Kalen DeBoer with the lack of connection in the South. And um, I didn't press him on it, but we talked about it afterwards. About Urban had no connection to the South. Saban really didn't have any connection to the South before he got to LSU. Um, like you don't have to have it. This guy feels like a home run. His presser was a home run. Um, 
he the the idea that Saban sit in front row. Um, my guess is Saban will be there to help with player retention. I know a bunch of their guys are in the portal, but I'm sure Saban will be there to help with that. Um, yeah, I, I thought it was a it was a it was a nice win for Alabama in short order. It's a great job, obviously. It's a ton of pressure, uh, but I thought he handled himself pretty well in his first 24 hours on the job. Yeah, when you you know see what he did last year at Washington, I think he's bringing his offensive coordinator with him to yeah. Tuscaloosa. I, I think if, if you're a guy looking to go play in the NFL, like there's a guy who can develop and get you there. And Alabama's just got more talent, and that brand's going to give you access to more talent, especially in the South. I think be damned where you're from. Yeah, you know if if you can make it, if you can make guys go to the NFL, you can send guys. That's going to look a lot better than where you're from. I don't think Saban is going to do this, but whenever the oh, he's still got an office there in town. It does make me think. Don't Barry Alvarez this that you might actually find a good coach yeah. but you just kind of run him out because you're still trying to control it like your program don't do that let him take will. it over i don't think he will either but yeah. it's got an office there and it makes you think the blue jackets host the red hot canucks today at one elvis merzlikens is going to make his first start since december 29th uh, he was daniel tarasov's backup this past friday night but before that game against the kraken elvis told reporters Jeez. we decided to have a new scenario yeah it's I don't know what they're going to do. This is not on me. It's not my blind. Uh, but again, I, how I can tell you, I think that's the third goal. Uh, even when Corpy was here, I, I, I told you many times, guys, I'm not back up and I won't be back up. I believe in myself. You can call me arrogant. I, don't. I honestly, right now, I'm going to copy the, the words of Zlatan Ibrahimovic. If you know who is it, I'm not arrogant. I'm just confident. So if you couldn't hear that, he's talking to my agent uh, and talking to the club. We agreed on a new scenario. Now, the Athletics Aaron Portsline reached out to Yarmo Kekalainen, who wouldn't comment on whether or not the yeah, club's right. trying to trade. Uh, Merzlikens, quote, either he plays well and becomes a number one goaltender as his skill level should be, or we'll find somebody else. That's always quote. Yarmo's tone, right? It's always Bond villain, my way or the highway, get out. We'll find- how's it working? How's this, how's this all working? How's it going? Is it all coming together? It's all working? Yeah. It, uh, but for Elvis, it's an enormous thing, obviously. Yeah, and this but his is, forty points out in his thing, he's almost impossible to trade because of the contract. Like, how are they going to trade him? If your buddy ever comes up to you and says, "Oh yeah, me and my girl, we just we have a different situation right now, and we'll see if it can work out." Yeah, it's not going to work out, and no, that's what's but I, going on here right now. They're all stuck because they can't, you can't move him because of the contract. This whole thing's been botched. Did you see the uh, the video of uh, Pascal Vincent? He was talking, you know, he's in a scrum, and I think it was Clay Hall who asked him, like, "Hey, what's going on with your former number one?" This was, I think, going into Saturday's game against the Kraken, and he was like, "Who are we talking about?" And then he kind of smiled, and then he then he's then he starts talking about Elvis, and it's like, so you do know what? Yeah, what they meant by that? It's yeah, it's kind of messy right now. It's a total mess. Well, that's Jody about it with Shelly time. And by the way, you all keep showing you deserve better. Sellouts after sellouts after sellouts. Um, and just not getting much to watch. Uh, we'll blitz the weekend coming up next. Bishop and Friends right here on The Fan. The only radio show Ryan Day listens to when we're holding him hostage, making him listen to a radio show. The Buckeye Show. Weeknights at 6. The Fan. If you say something with enough confidence, it must be true. You're listening to Bishop and Friends. All right, second and final hour. Truncated show today with the uh, Buckeyes at noon and the warm-up show coming up at 11. Um, you know, it's a, a lot of people are complaining about the the decision to 
postpone the Bills Steelers game, play in the elements, all those things. It was untenable, man. Did you? I don't know if you've seen the the pictures of the stadium on Saturday, or even what's happening this morning, trying to get snow out of there. The idea that like billionaire owners are like paying twenty bucks an hour for fans to come shovel snow, like this is a problem, man. And the fact that the state of New York. Is, is going to pay for, what is it, $700 million of a stadium that's going to go in up there. They've already approved it. It's going in, and it doesn't have a dome on it. What are we doing? What are we doing here, folks? Like, this is twice for them in, what, the last two or three years where they've had to postpone or move games because of the snow? Well, they had a super snowy one last year against Cincinnati that did go off on time, but that was in the divisional round, and they had to move last year to the Detroit. They had to play in that Detroit. That was a regular season game, For right? a regular really? season game, yeah. yeah. So, I mean, and, and it starts because where Buffalo is, it starts so early in the season. It starts in, like, November for yeah. them that they have to contend and deal with all this stuff. I wonder if they had a dome, though. Like, I think the game still would have happened on Sunday. But would they have closed it to fans? Because there was a travel ban in place set by the governor at yeah, that that's point. Yeah, that's true. That part but they is would have true. played the football game still. Yeah, I think they probably would have played the game. They just would have been minimal fans or just fans from the Buffalo area or something like that. So, um, one, it's funny. People were complaining about it. But with the holiday today, Martin Luther King Jr. Day, like kind of a big win. All of a sudden, you got football at four thirty. Like that's pretty good. It's you great know, like, sports day for us too. We got a really basketball is. game at noon, and then right into NFL. Yeah, you also have to. I think the other thing is, is this speaks to what can be tricky with playing a Monday playoff game. And I think the NFL will be smart um, and and make sure if you're going to get a continue to play wild card weekend on Monday night, that has to be a warm weather or dome game. It has to. You have to make you sure have that to have game the ability. Happens, yeah. You have to have the ability to move a game into Monday night if if need be. But um, it makes for a, a nice little Monday afternoon, for sure. Um, all right, let's blitz the weekend. Bishop and Friends present the Weekend Sports Blitz. Hi, Reese. I believe I had that. What did you have this weekend? Well, I, I believe I had that nobody wants to actually go to football games or be in attendance for football games in the, quote, elements. No, they don't. No, nobody really wants to do that. It's not a fun experience. It's not about... There's no like sanctity of the game that's protected by playing in negative twenty degree weather. Like you saw Patrick Mahomes' helmet get cracked. Jeez. Like you saw like the, the skin on these the arms of these guys before the game on their faces. Like this is these aren't elements for human beings to play in. And that's before you get to the game where large humans are throwing themselves at each other. Well, and then the cold doesn't the even really always give us like an extra. You know, the snow is fun to watch. Even for us at home, the cold doesn't really do anything for us to look no. at. It, the second that the Chiefs understand who Mahomes is, how don't they build a dome? Like, Arrowhead's been around since the 70s. Like, how do you not find a way to put a dome on that thing as soon as you draft that guy? The AFC, all, crazy. The, all the great quarterbacks in the AFC don't have domes. Yeah, it's right absolutely now, wild. <laughs> it's it's nuts that they didn't. Um, no, there were tens of thousands. Of, I mean, you could have got in for eight bucks. Because he wants to sit in minus 30 below wind chill. It's awful. Miserable. I believe I had that, that the uh, Dolphins and Cowboys, especially the Dolphins as the season went on, the Cowboys had a few wins in there, but they struggle against good teams. And we yeah. saw that, that, that you can find ways to shut them down and then they get frustrated and can't do it. And you can end up blowing them out. In the Packers case, really blowing them out. And that's been the case for those teams, that they're awesome at beating up on average to below average teams. But when they're in dogfights, they were not able to show up most of this season. Uh, I believe I had that Mike McCarthy's a bozo. He's always, He's been a bozo for a long time. I mean, he was in Green Bay that whole time. He won one Super Bowl with Favre and Rodgers. One. Come on, man. Give me a break. 
Um, and he, he's he got exposed again in the game uh, on Saturday Sunday afternoon. He's when when it came to to pick that, I wasn't sure if Green Bay could win because Dallas's talent is, was so incredible, their talent advantage. But that was I didn't get a whole lot right this week, and I missed the other the other three. But but got that one from the standpoint of give me smart coach over dumb coach all the time. And I knew Lafleur's team was going to be ready to play, and I knew McCarthy's wouldn't. Um, this is this is what he is, and he won't be the coach there much longer. When he showed up in Green Bay in that all like khaki head to toe. At that point, I said, "Well, that, or camel. It was camel. That camel color, head to toe." I went, "This this guy's a complete bozo." Remember that when he his big thing was I watched every game. That was his whole thing. Ridiculous. He got in a barn and watched every game. Okay, great. What does that, what even, does that do? even mean? Even if it's true, what does that mean? What did that do for you? <laughs> so ridiculous. Uh, what didn't you have, Reese? I didn't have the Browns no showing defensively. Yeah, that so. was surprising. Uh, I didn't have this, and I said it off the top of the show, but it's still just so surprising to me that all three of these last names that were we were looking at for the Buckeyes, are they going to go to the NFL draft? Are they going to come back? I would have been fine with just one of the three, and we got that earlier in the week with Emeka Ibuka last week. And then on Friday evening, JT Tuimolo and Travion Anderson both say they're coming back, and you got that whole band of that 2021 class back, and it really sets the Buckeyes, as we were talking about at the top of the show, it really sets them up for a very exciting 2024. But now, on the flip side, the pressure is on. This is such a good team. You, you've got to accomplish some of these goals now. Yeah. Hopefully all of them. Yeah, and the schedule's so easy. Like right. It sets up for it, uh, for sure. It's a three-game um, schedule with what? Oregon, Penn State, and Michigan? Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Are we going to consider Penn State serious people? I don't fear James Franklin I'm, at all. I'm kind of done considering them serious people. So I think the trickiest one, obviously, will be Oregon. Um, they're running it back, and they had a great time in the portal. and Because uh, Michigan's going to be – they're starting over. I mean, completely. Coach, everything. I mean, that that's that thing is going to be a, a totally different roster going forward. I did not have – um, oh, I want to give you credit, Chuck. That was an interesting way. I never thought of it the way that you put it when you talked about an extra recruiting class. It really is. That's a, that's a different way to think about it. Like, it's a, it's like a free class yeah. that, that all returned. That's a good way of looking at it at Ohio State. I didn't, I'm with you, Reese. I did not have the wheels falling off for the Browns defense. Not like that. I mean, it was – that was the best pass defense in the league. I understand they were better at home than they were on the road. Um, to show that little resistance to uh, whatever, as good as CJ was, to make it that easy, because a lot of it was easy. I mean, there were guys running free. It was busts and coverage over and over again. It looks like they tried to play. I, I haven't seen the All-22 yet, but it looked like they played more zone than I was anticipating. Um, there was a lot of confusion in the back end, and... It was tough. It was it was really stunning to see how poorly they played. Player who impressed the most, Reese? C.J. Stroud. <laughs> that's pretty easy. They made everything look... I mean, the Browns' defense gave him easy looks, and he took them. I mean, that, that's the thing. It, you know, if the Browns aren't going to play you defensively, or they aren't going to, you know, cover anybody, then you got to make them pay. And he made them pay every single time, even doing it in midair. I had seen uh, the previews for the Iron Claw, and I had seen photos on set of Zac Efron, but to actually see it over the whole movie, his physical transformation what is into this, Kevin Von I don't know Eric. what this is. No point of Oh, so he did the Von, he's the Von Eric. Yes, yeah, so that the movie's Texas called Tornado. The Iron Claw, and so yeah, he now he's not six two. As we were leaving the movie, I, I said to Jay, like I said, I'll give you all the money in my wallet if Zac Efron is six two, as they listed him at one point. You know when they were showing him in the ring, and no, he's five yeah. foot eight. But everything else he did physically, including. 
I don't know how many prosthetics it is, or even in like interviews, he still has this like more chiseled jaw now. It appears he did some sort of plastic surgery. He claims to have fallen, and that was like a reconstructive part of it, and it was swollen or something. But it, 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 either way, a guy who's dedicated to his craft, and uh, I'm really impressed with Zach Efron's acting in this movie, and I think he's got some movies left in him here now as he's entering like the more much more adult part of his career do you have a uh are you have a you preparing a movie review on that one i do not have this one ready yet because i knew the show would be so quick but i'll yeah. have that this week yep. yeah i'd like to, i'm curious about that i'm very curious about that movie um cj is the obvious answer uh young quarterbacks is is the uh, jordan love was incredible in the game against the packers cj was incredible um but i will give a little bit of credit to an old head in patrick mahomes they don't have a lot of weapons they left a ton of points on the field with drop passes kelsey dropped one that's a walk-in touchdown and and he just kept going at it in brutal conditions and it was interesting like everybody thought with the cold like you wouldn't be able to throw it kansas city went the other way they're like watch us watch us throw it and they threw it and threw it and threw it and and pretty dominant and until he loses i don't bet against that guy I'm, i ain't doing it because that that dude will handle his business in the postseason he's finally gonna have to play a road game though which is something he hasn't had to do yet in the postseason everything's been at home or the super bowl in the postseason for him player who disappointed the most recently chicago bulls fans i don't know if anybody's if you haven't seen the video going around right now but friday night they're hosting the warriors and they uh, unveiled their introductory or their first class into their ring of honor uh, and, and so everybody who's ever been a bowl of note was inducted, including yeah. Jerry Krause, the yep. late Jerry Krause, who was the architect for a lot of those teams. Mm-hmm. And I think the last dance did him a little dirtier than oh, it was Michael's it, it history should, because it was right. It was Michael Jordan's revisionist history, but passed away in 2017. So they had his his uh, picture and graphic up on the screen and they just booed the hell out of it. And then it cut to his widow who was sitting in one of the boxes and she was beside herself because that had, I mean, I couldn't imagine the pain she's going through in that moment, but even just an interesting choice by the producers and the, the in, in arena entertainment, just to cut to her thinking like that would dissuade people from booing. It was a total failure of organization to do that failure. Jerry Krause is one of the least popular people in Chicago because of the way that Michael has framed all of this. And Michael's Michael, so he gets to tell the history. Michael wasn't even there. Of course not. (laughs) The idea that you would... That you would have her there, you knew he would be booed. You would have to, you would have needed to get out in front of that and say his widow's going to be there, FYI, so the fans knew, and then maybe they wouldn't have been quite as vicious in the booing. But without letting the fans know, that is a failure of organization at the highest level. I understand fans booing him. I get that part of it, certainly. But they didn't know the, the widow was going to be there. And then to take a shot of her and yeah. put her on the screen, what are you doing? I had failure. not seen that story. That's pretty. Oh much my god, it's so them. sad. That's terrible. And yeah, organizational failure at the highest level. Uh, <laughs> on a different note, what disappointed me most was all the beers that got lost in that Kansas City stadium. This did you see post game? Yeah. People were walking through the stands, and they not just frozen, but like because they were open, but they were freezing so fast that they were like exploding over, and they had this yeah. pile of beer ice on top of it. I saw a funny TikTok from a, a Dolphins fan who was like, "Hey, let's get out of here," and his buddy was like. Oh, but you didn't finish your beer. And he goes, oh, this one? And he takes a bite of it. <laughs> and then he goes, I hate this place. Let's get out of here. Yeah, it totally sucks. I am so uh, disappointed 
And I just think it's so stupid. I don't understand this vitriol towards Taylor Swift. And I saw Tony Tungy with some of the stupidest comments ever, like it's turning people off of the NFL. Hey, dude, your streaming service did $23 million. More people are watching the NFL than ever before. No one is choosing not to watch football because Taylor Swift is dating Travis Kelsey and your network's putting it on television. She's the most famous woman on the planet. Yeah, they're going to put her on TV, and it's not stopping anybody from watching it. And it's not her fault. It's not anybody's fault. If anybody's fault, it's the people you work for, man. And nobody cares. It's not dissuading anybody. Football I am already so has sick a of this ton of like downtime. <laughs> like, like, how do people act like it's a big? It's not a big deal. People are watching the the only thing people are watching at a, at this rate is the National Football League. Okay, like stop it with the nonsense on this. Bud Kilmer, honorary coach of the week. Who do you got, Reese? I got Chris Finch. Minnesota Timberwolves are uh, number one record-wise in the NBA. Is he the head coach? Yep. Not my cousin or anything. I could have had a... You could have given me a million You know who's starting point guard for the T-Wolves? Is it... He's 36. Is it Johnny Flynn? No. (laughs) Johnny Flynn. I don't. Who is it? Mike Conley. Is he really? Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah, he got traded there. I do remember that from Utah. (laughs) So now you know the head coach of the Timberwolves. Now you know their starting point guard. Not watching a lot of (laughs) T-Wolves. I want you probably any. One of my kids wanted a, a T Wolves jersey for, for Christmas, the guard, the kid from Georgia, Edwards. Okay, yeah, so Anthony that, Edwards. They do yeah. have cool uniforms, yeah. Bud Killer Honorary Coach of the Week. I'm also going NBA with this one. I had forgotten Mike Brown was the coach in Sacramento, but he didn't like the calls he was getting on his on Sunday. He got ejected for, I'll say, arguing with the ref, but it was one of those hold the coach back. You know, he wanted to get ejected, but he's yelling about the calls. And in his post-game presser, he has somebody, he didn't bring it up with him. He has somebody hand him a laptop that is already set up to be on the play he wants to go, turns the laptop to the press and plays it and starts going over it like it's film <laughs> review about like this should have been a penalty on all I know is that somewhere in Pennsylvania, James Franklin was like, that's a really good idea. That's a great I'm going to do that at a presser next year. There's no question he's going to do that. Um, I'm going to go Ryan Day here. He had a brutal 45 days from the loss to Michigan through the Cotton Bowl loss he and, and all the way to Michigan winning a national championship, but he had a hell of a week. And I think there's more to it. You're going to get some offensive staff changes. Let's get threes lined out. Let's sort that out. Um, but that roster retention at the top is incredible. That's a very good job uh, for Ryan Day. And you're right. It sets up for a lot of pressure for him for next year. Uh, but you take the pressure when you have the talent, and that's all part of it. Chaos in the CBJ. Elvis is going to start. We'll get some perspective from Jody coming up next. Bishop and Friends right here on The Fan. The only radio station still operating with an active booze cart. I'm drunk right now. No, I'm not. Yes, I am. The Fan. Ohio sports destination. Drop the gloves. It's Shelly time. Sponsored by Schottenstein Roofing. Proud partner of the Columbus Blue Jackets. Yeah, a little matinee today for the Jackets. Vancouver Canucks did make it here, so that's a, a remarkable feat. We'll get to all of that in just a second. They come in red hot, and every team the Jackets have played recently has been red hot. We head on on the Brian Heating Cooling Systems Fan Guest Hotline. Conversation with great friend Jody Shelley for a little bit of Shelley time. Uh, before we get into the game, the so a couple of the NFL games, the one this afternoon, uh, the one on Saturday in Kansas City, minus 30 wind chill. What is the coldest sporting event you've either attended or yourself participated in? Well, I took my family skiing in Mont-Tremblant, Quebec, uh, three years ago, mm-hmm. and it was minus 30, and the hill was still open, and it, we were covered. There was not one piece of our, you, know, you couldn't have anything exposed, Sure, but I, you know what the benefit of that was? 
We were the only people on the mountain. There might have been six people on the Come mountain. On. We had a heck of a day. It was spectacular. That's great. Yeah, if you're dressed appropriately, come on, you're fine. So we yeah. were we were bundled up. Uh, that was probably that was the coldest uh, thing I've participated in. Besides, yeah, last night, all day yesterday, and last night. Let's see. It was what's today? Monday. Yep. So Saturday night after the game, I got the tarp on the rink, come started on. the hose until three in the morning. That was cold. And then it got colder yesterday. Had the had the hose out all day. Yep. Finally got that thing filled up, uh, but it was cold last night when I was wrapping up the hose uh, with a full rink. Now I just need Mother Nature to take care of the rest. Well, I think it's gonna right. I mean, so what's yeah, our process now? I mean, are you fully frozen? No, no, no. We, I just put another coat on this morning. When you first do it, it gets a little bumpy. There was snow involved a little bit, so that those are all factors. Okay, uh, but we should we should be long striding it out uh, probably by, I would say Wednesday morning. Oh, I love we'll this! See. I love it's this. Good. It's beautiful. It's gorgeous. Yeah. And Joe, I take this. Look, I'll take five degrees in sun, man. I don't like thirty-eight all in rain. Long. Take it. Do you know that? You know that in Alberta, my mom and dad live there. Sure. Minus thirty, but yep. minus fifty-four with a wind chill. Mm-hmm. It's. Um, the coldest it's been in Alberta in 50 years. Yep. And I talked to my dad the other day. First, I talked to my mother, and she said, she's a teacher, and she said, you can't be outside with your skin exposed more than three minutes or it'll burn. Yep. And I asked my dad how it was. He's, you know, my, my dad's an old, old miner. Yeah. He said, oh, it's not that bad. He said, it's uh, actually quite refreshing because, it's you know, you know out there, the sun yeah. is always shining. Sure. And a day like this, when you look outside and it's brisk, but uh, blue skies, it's beautiful. Yeah, my dad, obviously just south of Alberta is Montana where my dad is and he was in the in the minus 20s. So, uh yeah, that was yeah, that's that's great. Um well, so how do you um how do you make sense of of what is going on uh, at goalie here and the comments from Elvis last week and now he's going to start today. Um how do you how do you mend this? He said in the in his availability they came up with a new there's an arrangement. What 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 the hell's going on, man? Well, Elvis has had a good year numbers-wise. He's been a, a number one goalie. Uh, he's dealt with injury. And then he came out of the game against Toronto after that first period. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, I don't know. He was ill there. And then mm-hmm. something went uh, on, on, on in the situation where you have three goalies where they switched to Tarasov. And I understand that because Tarasov is a player that's young, big, skilled, and they need to figure out what they have with them. And so they've played them. Now, for Elvis to be a healthy scratch, some people think that that's a compliment where, all right, you don't have to just sit on the bench. Sure. Just take the time off and do the work. But it appears that that's not the situation. So, you know, you have to accept your role within the team because this is the ultimate team sport. And I think there's something involved there where maybe he didn't uh, take – being the second goalie or the third goalie or waiting to get back in the lineup uh, in stride like you should. Um, you know, when you come out because you're sick in the first period, okay, you're sick. You're, you're out of the game. But yeah. it's then, you know, the team needs to have you ready and, and, and back in the lineup. And when you take yourself out, and that's the fear of professional sports. I was a fourth-line yeah. winger, and I remember times where, you know, I shouldn't have been playing hockey, but I played because, I didn't want to get Wally pipped. I didn't want yeah. someone to come in and take my position and go from there. And it's you kind of sense that this is a team that's not winning. 
This is a team that's trying to dyna- change the dynamic of the room. And there's situations within a room, within a team, within a family where things need to be addressed. And, and if you are missing in the rotation, then other guys are going to get a chance. And that's what he's dealing with right now. So his comments this week were, you know, he feels like he should be given more where the organization thinks, all right, you have to earn more at this point because we have three guys battling for one spot. Uh, so it's a healthy competition. He thought it was, uh, you know, more of he'd already earned it. But right now he's going to get the start today, and let's see if this isn't the best thing for him to kind of take a step back and realize that, hey, this is a competition. We don't just hand out that number one spot in an organization where uh, we're not getting the wins. Yeah. The, the hard thing, obviously they compensated him, and and there was and so with that, he's not really movable. Um, be very, very difficult. I guess, Joe, is there the alignment? Do you think there's alignment top-down, front office, coach, room? Is that the way it needs to be? Yeah, I, I, what do you mean? With just it, does everybody on the same page? Because it's like, you know, he got a contract, and they were they viewed him as a as a franchise goalie and all of that. And last year he was rough, obviously. Um, but but just the whole thing, I just is everybody rowing in the same direction the way they need to be through this lo- through this losing stretch they're in. Well, I don't know if you necessarily need to be. I think okay. that the general manager gives the pieces to the coach. The coach decides and and challenges these kids and, and players every day. And then he takes what he's got and tries to put the best lineup in to win. It's To me, he's not thinking about compensation. And there sure. might be suggestions from the general manager and, and the people that scout these players. Of course there are. But at the end of the day, you hire the coach to do the job. Yeah. And that's what I see happening here. Whether um, – Yarmo or whoever's making those decisions up top to get these players likes it or not, or sees players should be in a different situation. I'm sure he'll make suggestions, mm-hmm. but Pascal Vincent's been watching these players and people up close for the past few years as an associate quietly behind the bench. And now he has his chance to, to address things how he wants and that's his role. And so, you know, he's made Cole Sillinger in it. Listen, a great example is the team they're playing today. Yep. The Vancouver Canucks, Rick Tockett, Adam Foote, Sergey Gonchar, Mike Yo went in there and cleaned up a mess of a room, and now they've got players playing for the team and get exciting to, to compete for the team. Um, so at the end of the day, all you know, we talk about wins and losses and systems and processes. Pascal Vincent is trying to get this room right. Yeah. And if it takes uh, sitting Johnny Goodrow, scratching Patrick Laine, having Elvis upset, Everybody else is watching. You got 21, 19 year olds in there. You got 21 year olds, 19 year olds, 22 year olds that are watching every move. And that's what he's cognizant of every single minute, every, every single day. Yeah. Yeah. I think he's doing a hell of a job from afar. You're closer to it than I am. Uh, he's doing a hell of a job from afar. You're closer to it than I am, uh, despite all of this stuff. And guess what? So are the fans going to be another, I mean, they've sold out. I mean, all the time, despite the losing. It'd be a fun one today. This Vancouver team comes in flying high. Appreciate your time, my friend, as always. All right, Paul. Have a good day, buddy. Get out there on the ice. I got to, got to. A little bit of Shelly time for you uh, on a Monday. Joining us, Jackets and Canucks today at 1. Buckeye side of things with Austin Ward coming up next. Bishman Friends right here on The Fan. The Chris Holdman Daily Show is brought to you locally on The Fan by Credit Union of Ohio. This is Chris Holtman Daily Show brought to you by Encova Insurance. Your team today playing at Michigan on Martin Luther King Day. Is this something you had any input in as a team, Chris, or is this just all conference-oriented? It's conference-oriented, but I, I love the idea. Uh, I think it's a fantastic uh, uh, idea and opportunity to uh, 
to go there and and uh, and compete on a day that you know means so much for for every uh, American. And uh, um, we're honored to be a part of it. Um, and uh, look forward to uh, look forward to that game. We'll have another comment in just a moment. Hi, I'm Archie Griffin, two-time Heisman Trophy winner. The right coverage can be a game changer, both on and off the field. That's why Encova Insurance and their local independent agents are prepared for what's next and protect what matters most to you. Whether that's your home, car, business, or family, Encova's got your back with a policy that fits you perfectly. With local independent agents in your neighborhood and innovative insurance products that can be tailored to fit your unique needs, Encova's playbook is an easy win for your peace of mind. You can trust their team of agents to develop a strategy that's just right for you. And it's not just X's and O's. Your expert agent will guide you and provide insurance solutions so you can confidently manage your risk and count on a financially secure future. For auto, home, and business insurance, you want Encova on your team. Visit Encova.com today to find an agent near you. Encova is a proud sponsor of Ohio State Athletics. Go Bucks! At Ohio State, all that we accomplish means even more when achieved together. We're creating the new field of imageomics to track biodiversity. Space farming to feed the world. We're developing cardio-oncology therapies to reduce heart damage. AI trust verification to protect AI technologies from hackers. And engineering more fuel-efficient cars. At Ohio State, we're creating these solutions the world needs now. Is the Ohio State Sports Network from Learfield. Chris, as your team plays on Martin Luther King Day at Michigan, uh, it reminds me of uh, the fact that the team in Atlanta earlier this year went to the Martin Luther King Park. And uh, I guess it's important for basketball teams and everybody to get experiences that go beyond. Yeah, it was great. You know, we got to see um, his childhood home. I believe the football team did that a couple years ago uh, when they were playing in Atlanta. Um, uh, and uh, it was really suggested by my wife that uh, be a great opportunity to go down there when we were playing UCLA and got to see his childhood home. And uh, we had a tremendous uh, guest uh, tour that they gave us that, that uh, um, our whole team spent about an hour and a half there. And it was it was great. You know, his life was about service. And I think that's a great lesson for all of us. It is the Ohio State Sports Network from Learfield. Is it time to upgrade your financial situation? Whether you're shooting for financial goals or making a fast break towards savings, Credit Union of Ohio is on your team. If you live in Central or Northeast Ohio, you could score big with affordable loans and competitive savings. Enjoy Credit Union of Ohio's fast and easy online application process and make a slam dunk when it comes to your financial needs. Start winning at cuofohio.org. That's cuofohio.org. Federally insured by NCUA. Everybody knows that Roosters is a fun, casual joint with their award-winning waitstaff, great food, fun, and laughter. It's a quick stop on the way home to sit back and unwind or grab a carryout. Roosters is where you, your family, and friends can order pizza, sandwiches, salads, and more. And the home of award-winning wings that are fresh, never frozen. It's your family's other dinner table. Roosters, a fun, casual joint. He knows everything about the Buckeyes. He's been offered tens of dollars by a certain team to spill his secrets. He's told that certain team to go to hell. Damn you all to hell! He's Austin Ward. Sponsored by Awaken 180 Weight Loss. More life, more energy. 
And in fact, he joins on the Brian Heating Cooling Systems Fan Guest Hotline. Hey, buddy. Um, you good get out of you with with Will Howard. Um, what did you learn from him? Uh, and you can catch that on the podcast. What can you learn from? What did you learn from him? Uh, what most did you take from your interview with him? Yeah, I uh, thanks for that. First of all, so if you want to see that on the podcast, uh, that's up from this morning's daily with Bill and and Berm and I talking with Will Howard. I, I was I was impressed with you know the confidence, uh, and it was a blend of professionalism as well. I thought it was a, an encouraging interview for anybody who wanted to hear from the new Ohio State quarterback to see sort of what drives him and what motivates him and the understanding of the situation that he's coming into at Ohio State with the pressure and the microscope. We talked to him a little bit about that, uh, you know, afterwards off camera. It was like, yeah, it's it's ten times at least what he's used to in Manhattan, Kansas. And I'm like, it, it's probably more than ten times, but he <laughs> understands what that's going to be like and you know, I, I thought you think back to the way we talked about Devin Brown's confidence and, you know, the way that, that people buy into to, to him and it's infectious. And then you combine that, I think, with a little bit of like the NFL style answers that you got from Kyle McCord. If you have a mentality that's blending the two, I mean, that was sort of my initial takeaway was yeah. just like thinking about the way that that came, you know, and how that relates to both of those guys. And that's. That's a good combination. You see some of the JT Barrett in his game, and if you can mix and match from a lot of different Ohio State quarterbacks, certainly you can build a, a darn good one. I mean, I was I was not able to watch all of it, but saw some of it this morning before we got rolling. And Austin, he, he just he seems like a pro, and he kind of is, right? Yeah. I mean, he's had a full college career already, and then he's he's here on a one year deal, and. Quite honestly, with everything that that happened last week with the retention, we've never seen retention like this. We knew Marv. No one thought that was going to be crazy. But everything else, I mean, this offense, if he can be what they think he is, my goodness, this is a loaded attack. Well, and I think that there's another part that goes to exactly what you're talking about, Bo, which is like we asked him, were you fully intent all along on going to play one more year in college football? And because, you know, only he can really answer that. And he said no. Like he – he did think it was going to be, you know, a third or fourth round draft pick, but he was ready to move on. And then the level of interest that he got, um, not just from Ohio State, but also Lincoln Riley going in right away to try and get Will Howard, you know, told him that maybe he had the confidence in himself that he could improve his draft stock. And then he, he also had a lot of other noted talent developers at quarterback saying, hey, we think you can get to a higher level as well and go potentially win a national championship. So all that played in and you know, in the end, it wound up being another conversation where it's the NFL or Ohio State. And the Buckeyes won, as you said, almost all of these battles outside of Mike Hall and Marvin Harrison. I think you can put Will Howard in the same bucket because they kept yeah. him, you know, out, out of declaring for the NFL draft. Yeah, it's and Judkins comes in the whole thing. Now you're waiting on a couple of pieces there, and I think we all know that there's going to be an offensive move on the staff. Um, what do you sense is the timeline on Ryan Day, who's had a hell of a week after a brutal 45 days? Um, what do, what is the yeah. timeline on this staff being kind of crystallized? Yeah, well, I believe in the situation. You know, has been, I'll just say right off the top, it's been very secretive. Ryan Day has played yes. this close to the vest, but. My, my understanding is that he would like uh, and may have a preference for an NFL coordinator. Now, that may not be something that can actually be executed. That's difficult to ask somebody who has play-calling responsibilities at that level to, to take a step back down. Um, you know, two guys who I understand to be on that wish list are coaching today 
And if they both win, I think you would have to say it's probably even more unlikely yeah. that you could get somebody like Joe Brady or Brian Johnson to come to Ohio State next season. So if that's the case and the NFL is not going to work out, then you start looking down to that, you know, the existing pool of college candidates, whether they have head coaching experience like Jason Candle, whether they, uh, or Dan Mullen, uh, or if there are other candidates that, that could emerge. Uh, I know that there have been people on the Kentucky side that have talked about uh, Liam Cohen. I, I'm not uh, aware. He's not been on that list of, of those four names that I mentioned who I think mm-hmm. are, you know, the, the primary candidates. But I, I do think that Ryan Day, while he's recently been, you know, blending some of the urgency, also he's going to be patient to make sure that this is such a momentous decision for him. If he's going to be that CEO and hand over play calling responsibilities, and this is such a pivotal year, he can't get it wrong. So in that respect, you can understand why he would want to make sure that he's had a chance to take every swing that he wants. Is there, you, the names you're mentioning are obviously monster names. Um, and they're, they're guys who are going to want to bring their stuff. Um, and I think this takes a yeah. great deal of, Boy, this is, it tells you where you're at as a program and, and for Ryan to get to this point because he makes his bones calling ball plays. That's It's his offense. He's calling them. Um, so the fact that he's willing to do this ought to tell Buckeye fan quite a bit in terms of, of the sense of urgency that's there. So is is it your understanding? And I would imagine all of those names, it's like, look, man, here's the keys, right? Is that kind yeah. of where we're at? That's, that's where they're at. And, you know, it, it doesn't affect just Ryan Day. It, it also affects Brian Hartline and his career development. So, you know, I think that's the other part of you, you don't have to, to rush right now. It would, it would be great if they had resolution immediately. It would have been great if they had that a month ago. I mean, that's, that was the drum that I was beating. Like, if you're going to make moves, make them now and don't worry about the Cotton Bowl, um, which feels like it was a year ago at this point. But that, that person is going to need to work well with Brian Hartline because they're going to have to be familiar with each other. And that person is going to be a sort of another sort of mentor as of sorts for Brian Hartline. I, my understanding is that he is okay uh, with this move and, and recognizing that he may not be ready for a full-time play calling role. Only he can answer that, but sure. he did sort of allude to, to learning things uh, in this one year when we were down there in Dallas, at the Cotton Bowl, at his most recent press conference. So, you know, you have to have faith in the play caller. You have to have faith that he's going to be able to execute the overall vision for what Ryan Day wants. You have to, you know, you have to put together a staff that fits because there's not going to be time for training wheels here. Ohio State mm-hmm. has a roster that is ready to win a national championship, and that's the piece now that we're waiting on is to see what happens with the offensive coordinator. I do think that all of this and the retention, which is incredible, that they were and and I give you got to give a lot. It, it's it's Ryan Day. It's the program. It's also the collectives. Uh, who, who yep. stepped up big to make this all work because it takes all of it to make this work. And it does seem like Ohio State, while maybe it was a little bumpy early on in the collectives, they're now pretty organized on it. I, I think this roster retention is crazy. I think also, also what all of, all of this does is this makes, and Will Howard's a big part of this, this makes for a much more fun off season. Yes, there will be tremendous pressure, but at least now you have something kind of fresh to discuss, whereas if you would have run it yeah. back, it, it would have almost felt like, okay, just wake me up at the Oregon game, wake me up at the Michigan game. Now there's a little bit of, now there's a ton of excitement around the program because of what happened at the end of last week. And as I mentioned, the 45 days previous to that, starting with the loss in Ann Arbor and then the loss in the Cotton Bowl and then watching Michigan win the national title, that's the lowest of lows. So this has been a hell of a rebound last week. It has. The, the momentum has, has switched and, uh, 
the betting odds have reflected that accordingly for where Ohio State goes back into 2024. And uh, it, it does sort of blow up any of the national narrative that there's a culture problem. Oh, they had, you know, 14 yeah. guys go into the portal in December. Like, I mean, those guys had to go if you were going to retain second and third round draft picks we were going to put off the NFL for a year. Like, that was an absolute necessity for roster management. So, you know, I, sometimes that's the way it works. Um, I, I can include myself into this. We're talking mm-hmm. about the situation in the middle of December. Like, it's like, okay, I mean, is this going in the right direction? That's even with me understanding that, you know, that the transfers and out had to occur. It's mm-hmm. like, okay, well, if then if you lose JT and Jack and, you know, Ameka, well, boy, that gets to be a pretty bleak situation. I, I did not think that they would win 90% of those decisions. And that's, that's, that pretty much undermines any case in December that things are irreparably damaged in the Woody Hayes Athletic Center. Buddy, don't beat yourself up. None of us did. There ain't anybody out there that thought they, I mean, no one I thought they'd be accountable, but I'm not, I'm not mad about it or upset. Same. Like, I mean, no, it's but like, a remarkable run. Yeah, holy hell, nobody had all of it. I mean, Marv for sure, but like nobody had him keeping all these guys. So they did a great job. And good job to you. Uh, look forward to watching the rest of the Howard interview as soon as we're done here. Good job, bud. All right, thanks, Will. See ya. All right, that's Austin Ward dotting the eyes right here at uh, the fan as well as the podcast. Three things on a, a shortened show coming up next. Bishop and Friends right here on the fan. Let me see. Buckeyes, yes. Jackets, yes. Crew, yes. Fart noises. Hell yes. The fan. Ohio sports destiny. With friends like these, who needs former college football players? This is Bishop and Friends. Hi, Reese. What do we have on the poll? Daily fan poll sponsored by ER Auto Care, masters of our craft. Today's fan poll asks, will the Dallas Cowboys fire Mike McCarthy this week? Yes. 90% say they will. Yeah. Say Jerry will. Yeah, that'll happen quick. It, I mean, it, it's, yeah, for sure. All right, three things on a Monday one, two, one, two, three things. Sponsored by Custom Air. Custom Air. Custom Solutions. Custom Comfort. Uh, number one for me, Northern Pro fans are just built different. The The scenes from the Lion, Lions fans crying, and, and it's because of the weather, right? Because this is what we do to take our mind off all of it when the weather is crummy, is you're overly invested in your teams and you these these rust belt northern cities where they rely on this thing that's that was awesome i couldn't help but be moved watching these people who were who are in tears for a, a lions playoff win for the first time in 32 years it was it was absolutely awesome i loved it i'm excited about this today uh because jayla had the day off and we've got the the truncated show i was like well let's just go ahead and record chops tv here in studio so jayla's oh, coming baby. over to the studio and we're gonna get the nice good quality the problem with recording at home and it's it's fine but we have to give kid a treat and then you can hear her in the background (laughs) chewing on the treat but it's better than her barking so we we live with what we can get but this today clean studio feed first thing justin spears covers arizona football for the tuscan star and reported this morning that the wildcats had a team meeting quote is very short jed fish walked in said that he's leaving for washington and left Mm -hmm. players are not happy end quote Every time college football like thinks you're going to get some nice, warm, fuzzy moment, it smacks you in the face and says, we're a business, dummy. Yeah, it is. There's no clean way to do it. Um, you are the best pronunciation guy I've ever met. I'm, I would bet you anything that's the Tucson star. No, Tuscan star. 
Tuscan star. Yeah, would be my guess. <laughs> and Tuscany. And again, you're, you're the best I've ever seen do it. But just I'm pretty. Sh- I would bet that's Tucson. Uh, number two for me. Um, in all the Dan Campbell and the uh, everything that came with Detroit and the happiness that came with it, also two people that I knew. One I knew pretty well. One very well. Uh, couldn't be more happier for Chris Spielman who's in that front office in Detroit, a Lion legend, and decided to go back there and, and be part of that. And um, and to see him there, I saw him at the Combine last year, and he felt like they were headed in the right direction. That was very, very cool. And John Dorsey as well. Um, he does probably not get the credit he deserves for his ability to scout players. He is not good at the interpersonal stuff. So he's not Nobody the best. boy. He's not the best general manager in the world. Uh, when things don't go his way, it's not the most fun. But when it comes to scouting players and drafting players, he's really good at that. And I'm happy for both of those guys' the success that they have uh, as part of that very, very fun operation in Detroit. So obviously I'd been aware of this date for a while, and I said, you know what, what are the chances I could get credentialed? So I reached out to our guy Skip, and he told me the proper people to talk to, and I am now going to the Iowa versus OSU women's basketball game next Sunday. So get a chance to see Caitlin Clark in action, in person. Uh, The the tickets for that game are are pretty high right now, but it looks like it's going to be, you know, like a full sellout. That's what they're anticipating is that even the Upper Bowl is going to be open. So that'll be a fun environment to be in. I've not been to the shot in a long time, but it'll be weird finally going back to that loading dock area and going in that way and you're kind of in the bowels of the stadium. haven't done that, I don't think, since maybe briefly when I first started here. So that'll be a nice, like, walk down memory lane as well. No cheering chops, remember. No No cheering. cheering. Uh, the Critics' Choice Awards was last night, and tonight's the primetime Emmys. I think that was okay. rescheduled because of the strike back in September. Uh, why would they do it the very next night? This is a question for Chops. And what's the difference? What were the two award shows? Emmys critics' and the critics, critics Choice last night, Emmy, primetime Emmys why would tonight. Back to back. It's I don't know. The Golden Globes up against were last week. That's yeah. right. You had the Golden Globes, then you had Critics' Choice, and then you got primetime Emmys. Like in usually the span the Emmys, of seven days. Emmys are usually like in In September. Again, it was yeah. rescheduled, but why would you do it Yeah, weird. now? And then to run up against the NFL. Are there too many? I mean, there are too many yes. Hollywoody award shows, right? Yes. Yeah, yeah for sure. Um, number three for me. I've only been on one cruise in my life. It was the Buckeye Cruise for Cancer. I enjoyed it thoroughly. I am not what I would consider somebody who is a cruise guy other than that. That being said, I'm intrigued by this icon of the sea thing that I see a commercial for about every 10 seconds. Have you seen this thing with like a full water park on the back end of it? This thing looks like the size of Texas. I don't know how it floats. I feel like my life might be in danger a little bit. Like it feels like it's almost too big. Um, they put it into port last week and there's a commercial for it every five minutes. I looked into it. Six grand a person on a seven-nighter. So that would be a steep price, but intrigued. Uh, one of the things I got for Christmas was a designer brand for, for somebody. And so now I get emails from this designer brand and the clothing for men from designer brands, it just sucks. It's it not does. good. I'm not getting it, and it's not worth $450. No, no. Real quick, I just noticed something for the first time on Saturday. The Browns have something officially licensed from the NFL that's really cool. That's Kevin Stefanski's sweatshirt. We got to go. Uh, we do have to go. Warm-up show, then Buckeyes and Wolverines. We're back tomorrow. Bishop and Friends are here on The Fan. Here's a listener tweet. Can I tase Common Man in the nuts? Fine by us, but he may like it. Common Man and Tebow. Weekdays from 3 to 6. The Fan.
It's a fan action update. This action update is brought to you by Mary Haven. Mary Haven Gambling Intervention Program, where free help is available to gamblers and their loved ones. Ten teams left at the start of the day in the NFL playoffs, and there will only be eight after today. Updated Super Bowl odds have the 49ers plus 185, Ravens plus 275, Bills and Chiefs 6-1, to one, Lions 10-1. to one. Super Bowl favorites, 49ers open up a 10-point favorite over Green Bay. For your Mary Haven action update, I'm Scotty Vegas. Broadcasting from the Lindsay Honda Studios. Honda makes the cars. Lindsay makes the difference. Visit lindsayhonda.com. WBNSFM 